to the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I'm your host today. And uh, man, it's just an honor to be here with my friend, uh, Mark Jones. Welcome in, Mark. How are you today? Good. Good to be together. This is fun. Yeah, come on. Just a little recap of where we've been. Uh, We started out actually some time ago. We did a couple of episodes on the first 15, just the concept of the first 15, spent a lot of time talking through why and how and what and all of that. And uh, just the real basics of set time, set place, set plan. You just, you got to put, you got to put the plan together. You got to set the appointment. You know, if you want to connect with a friend, you want to grow in a relationship with someone, it's, it's not weird to set a time to meet for coffee. That would be a normal Uh, or to set a time to pick up the phone and give them a call or um, and those kinds of things and that's where relationships grow and develop and you get to know how the person functions um, to actually then where I think even appointments become less important because you just know the flow of the other person's life and you may actually more naturally just bump into each other and and uh, the the uh, unplanned uh, un, you know, uninvited, maybe necessarily uh, communication just begins to happen because of the depth of relationship. And so we talked about that at the beginning. And then we were talking about these different keys uh, out of the unscripted book, different keys to uh, relationship and intimacy with God. And uh, so we talked about how the 40 day worship challenge is kind of a foundational piece to stepping into this journey and really the, the crux of the 40-day worship challenge really is the commitment piece, is making it a priority, setting it as like, you know what, Lord, I want to grow in relationship with you so bad, I'm willing to commit myself for like 40 days consistently. I'm going to make this a priority, and, 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 and Lord, you do the rest. Whatever in me needs to change so that this can become a lifelong thing, Lord, change it in me, you know, but... But I'm willing to start with 40, you know, and so we we gave out the the 40 day worship challenge and then uh, jumped into the keys. And we just talked about uh, surrender. Obviously, it's a big foundational piece where you don't come to God with your agenda and your thing, but you come to God to say, Lord, uh, your thing, whatever your thing is for me. That's what I want. You're in control. You're good because I've tried to be in control and it just wore me out and I wasn't even good at it. So, um, so surrender. And then we talked, uh, the next one is about celebrate, um, just worship, um, appreciation, thankfulness in there about what God has done for us. And then uh, the last one that we covered just recently was the, the meditate one. And that's a, that's a really, that's a really good one. Just uh, being able to mull over the truths of God's word and allowing those things to uh, you know, renew our mind by, uh, by the power, the washing of the water of the word, you know, is, so that brings us uh, to the, the fourth key in this process. And that is the word open. So um, having laid some of those groundwork pieces um, and, and knowing that, you know, hopefully anyways, <laughs> ho- a bunch of the people listening are, are actively engaged in some some arena of the 40-day worship challenge. You know, they're, they're, they're making a commitment to jump in and spend some time alone with God every morning, um, you know, uh, leading up to the word open. 
uh, you know, just jump in there, uh, Mark, and just uh, give me your thoughts on where we've been so far, how that's gone, and uh, and and what you're excited about about this uh, this next word of open. Well, I'm just excited that we're on this journey together that we can uh, take this 40 day worship challenge. I always like to say we we have the greatest chance of accomplishing a 40 day worship challenge if we do it together. And I, I, I appreciate everyone listening to this, that we could be possibly be if we were on a linear uh, uh, progression on day 28. But it's really not the day. It's that we're setting a period of time aside to meet with the Lord every morning and that it takes uh, a season of time to start a habit. And it's so important that we just uh, uh, come to, uh, to those mornings with a heart that's open to receive what God has for us and, and to surrender our will to his will, open up our heart to his love, the very first thing of open is to just let the love of God flow into our hearts. We have a mind, we have a will, we have emotions. The Apostle Paul prayed that we would, may all experience his love. And I just see that that it's such a critical factor that in the morning as we're opening up to the Lord, we're opening up our heart to him, that we're receiving his love into our heart the love of God and the light of his word. We're opening up to what he has for us in the morning and that, and that we're not afraid to let him take up residence in our heart. We're not afraid to open up and we'll talk maybe a little more about guilt and shame, but we, we, we want to get comfortable in the morning with just coming as we are. I had a particularly challenging day to day, but we've got to, We've got to be comfortable coming to him and opening up our life to him and letting him, his spirit, the Holy Spirit, flow into the interior of our being. And we know he is love, but we also know he's light. So there's a work that's going on inside of us as we're meeting with him. We, of course, we define devotions as time alone with God. It's not something we do. It's someone we're with. And a young man shared with me yesterday, he said, I was reading unscripted and he goes, for the first time in my life, I've started to look at my morning as a relationship versus something I try to get done. And he was, after that, he couldn't, he just began to describe what that meant every morning to come and just be there with the Lord and what that was doing. And believe me, he was opening up his heart because he was already talking about the deep things, the deep changes. So what I wanted to say was in open is that the Holy Spirit wants, and, and I just, I just want to emphasize this, wants to bring adjustment and change to specific areas in our life. And how many know that can be intimidating, that can be a bit uncomfortable, that can be uh, challenging. But there's a powerful scripture, Revelations 3.20 says, look, and there's an exclamation mark there. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Remember, when we go to bed at night, we have to remember that God waits up all night for us to get up, that we're in this intimate ongoing dynamic relationship with the creator of the universe and he doesn't want to leave us the same he wants to change us from the inside out 
And I don't know if you're like me, but one morning I, 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 I remember making a comment to my wife and it was, it was kind of a jealousy comment. And, and uh, I just kind of brushed it off, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and I spoke. <laughs> I should have been able right there to determine that there was a problem in the inner world, in my heart, but I did. <laughs> I guess I was too callous or too proud to admit, but she did say that sounds like there's jealousy there, but you know, when you're defensive and you just uh, don't want to hear it, you just bring a block. And so <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm just going about my merry way that day. Well, the next morning I get up and I lay down on the floor. I have a habit of, of reading the surrender prayer on my back. I just read it. And the Lord says, hey, remember the comment you made yesterday? There's jealousy in your heart towards that person. When they do something that you want to do, you're jealous towards them. He goes, we need to deal with that. And as I spoke, I had like a flashback of all the times I'm jealous over those same issues. I mean, it was... it. Talk about love. Here I'm being loved by the Lord, but then the light of God and his word and the power of his Holy Spirit are, are meeting with me. So I've answered the door. I've invited the Lord in. We're sitting as friends. We're dining. And then he just has something he wants to say. And I, I think we, we don't want to over-spiritualize this or, or, or the morning, but it's a relationship where in this dialogue, we're opening up to the Lord. We're we're becoming transparent as we know how. I wasn't transparent with my wife, but in that morning of surrendering my will over, celebrating him, beginning that process of receiving his love, it's amazing that he wants to speak to us, that he wants to reveal an area. And so I just said to the Lord, forgive me for that. Please forgive me. And I noticed an instant power that went not only on that one issue, but it was like a domino that went clear back to the, where those, that origin of that, uh, um, I'm just going to say it, weight or sin that Hebrews talks about, that I've been carrying as baggage all the way through. And so I love to think of these mornings as opportunities to open up our heart to the Lord, just like surrender is the greatest opportunity we've ever been given to get out of our control and put the Holy and, and release our, but through a choice of our wheel, ask the Holy Spirit to take control. As powerful as that opportunity is, just opening up to God for him to bring transformation to our inner world. I, and believe me, you know, my wife might have said it, it didn't budge me, but when the Holy Spirit said it, and you're in that moment of surrender and intimacy and closeness, there's no threat. It's almost as if what we think is going to be harsh or hard becomes intimate and easy in his presence because it's his passion. It's God's passion to transform us and to bring about the changes within us. So I see those morning moments as this, maybe we call it this fourth key. It, and it all is happening simultaneously in the morning. You know, it's not, I, I, I change them actually from steps to keys because I never know which key he's going to use first. And so 
because right. it's a dynamic relationship. So I might not even get to, before I'm surrendering, he's already pointing something out. I'm not on, he's not on not my agenda. We're on his. And this is what's so dynamic in the morning. You know, and it's, I remember it, just, it's interesting. Ahead, it's interesting as you're just talking about that openness uh, thing and, you know, allowing your heart to be open before the Lord. And it reminds me of kind of a big turning point in, um, in my own relationship with God. And, and when I think of how long I was a Christian before I had this moment, it's almost kind of embarrassing, but um, where I actually, and it came through listening to a sermon preached um, and it was uh, an Andy Stanley sermon where he was preaching this series called Twisted, where he talks about how truth, when it just gets barely twisted, it becomes a lie, but it still looks a lot like the truth. So you can tend to believe it and and kind of live your life according to that that lie, thinking that you're following the truth. And one of the lies that he was uh, talking about in one of the sessions was, um, well, like the question was, are you a sinner or are you a mistaker? And um, he said, if he said, sometimes we use words like, well, I made a mistake uh, instead of, well, I sinned uh, because it sounds, it sounds better and softer and less judgmental or whatever. And, and he said, but it actually, when we change the severity of the word, um, then it changes the solution to that word. And he said, if you are, if you consider yourself to be a mistaker, then you're the one that is responsible to fix it. If you are a sinner, you have no power in your own being to solve it. You need a savior. And, and I walked away that night from that message. I was in like a, a men's small group when we watched it. And, and I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, that that perfectly describes the the conflict I've been in because I literally would be in the middle of some sort of struggle and I would avoid connecting with the Lord just like in the garden man Adam and Eve you know they they sinned and they they were the ones that that ran away and you know what they're so bad at doing their thing by themselves. They couldn't even hide or run away well. Like they couldn't, they couldn't even avoid the Lord well because he tracked them down and he found them. And, you know, uh, and so uh, not, you know, because sometimes uh, fear or shame or guilt are the things that actually keep us away, keep us out of his presence because, uh, we're maybe we're fearful to address maybe maybe we like the sin that we're stuck in enough that we don't want it to change i mean there's a, a whole bunch of dynamics that can come into play there but um you know it, imagining that maybe you actually do have desire in your heart to see that thing change um, it, it is a lot of fear and shame that keeps us away from the lord and yet to know that um, he paid a deep deep price in order to be able to solve this problem that like he's already deeply invested you know it's like he already bought the stock to the company he just wants to turn around the performance of the company you know he's like he wants right. to come in and be like hey i need to fix all these issues that are causing the the company to bleed out profit you know i want to make this thing good and i want to restore it to its original purpose 
Um, I'm not, I've not come here to shut the company down. I've, I've come, you know, to, to make the company thrive. I don't know if that picture works well, but just kind of kind of what popped into my mind. Like he's deeply invested in you. Like he's, he's already paid the price for you. So he's not going to abandon you. He's not going to walk away. He's not going to quit on you. And that's like the most incredible thing. And, and it's like a small thought process, yet it's so foundational for us to open up our hearts to him is we have to trust him to know like, and all you have to do really to get that trust piece, I think, is to look at the cross and understand what the cross represents, like what the price that he pays. Sometimes we don't give it enough thought. And so we don't have as high of a value on the thing that he did. Therefore, we don't give him the credit for such a big sacrifice, such a deep price paid. Um, so that's kind of what you were making me uh, reflect on as you were talking through that piece. And I just thought somebody might need to hear that kind of perspective. Like it's okay to, to recognize that you are a sinner. And the lie that I always believed in my head was I just need to get myself cleaned up enough to be able to come into the presence of God because he's so pure and so holy and I'm such a messed up wreck. How could I ever think I could come into his presence? Like I've got to, I've got to like live perfectly. I don't know for like three or four days. Like I, I need to basically live like three or four days without making a single mistake. And then I can come into his presence and we can talk, you know, and we can figure stuff out. And it's like the, the only one in the universe that has the power to help me overcome the things that make me feel full of shame and guilt is the one that I am avoiding because of my shame and my guilt. I thought, man, what a trap that is. The, the enemy worked up some really good lie concoctions there to get me, to get me thinking the wrong way and then acting the wrong way and actually avoiding the only one that could help me. Powerful, powerful. Wow. Well, I was, uh, as you're commenting, I'm thinking about just uh, the power of transformation, the power of God's love and light in our life. And, and this whole idea that you're talking about, about fear, you know, that Adam and Eve were afraid and they were, they felt guilty and they were ashamed and they hid. And I guess the question is, what are we hiding? I, I, I <laughs> it, it seems funny to me that that I'll say something to my wife, like I'm meeting with the Lord and, you know, I, I, I was jealous and, and it, it, it's, it's not like that was hidden from her. She already knew that <laughs> it was hidden from me. And people come to me, they go, I got this revelation about my life. I'm changing in this area. And it was obvious to everybody else what the area was, but it's not obvious always to us because, because it's, it's, we're, we're holding on to something and God wants to transform the entire person from the inside out. And I'm gracious that he just takes on an area at a time and, a, and he's good to us and he just begins to work in us. And as you were talking, I have the notes here, just as in the thoughts that, you know, he leads us to repentance. He leads what you were talking about is that it's not just sloughing it off. Oh, I'll try to do better. It's Lord, forgive me for being jealous. And, and it's repentance and it's changing the way we think. Like I'm, I'm thinking wrong towards that person. I'm thinking wrong towards myself. And, and it's so interesting 
he not only wants to, to fix that, he, he wants to go back and find out where the root of that was and where the inroad of that and where that started. And it's those intimate times in the morning when his light is revealing our heart that he's doing the work to transform us. And the second, so we have these three R's. We have a repentance, which is to change our thinking. So there's obviously a process of turning to the, to the Lord's way and away from our way because our way is not working. Someone always says, how's that working for you? It's not working. <laughs> how's the jealousy working for you? It's not working. <laughs> It's hindering. It's holding me back. And I always think, what's on the other side of this repentance? What's on the other side of this area being cleared out? What, what dimension of new capacity might happen inside my heart or our hearts as God cleans out and he clears out and he uproots, as Jeremiah says, and he tears down because he's ready to plant and he's ready to build. We should look at this as exciting not as some dreadful thing that God wants to clean us up, that he wants to sanctify us. We, we look at it wrong. Like we have to hold on to this thing that, that is killing us, where he wants to breathe life into that. And then the next thing after repenting is renouncing. We really need to, the enemy's had an impact. We, he's, had a, he's had an influence in that area in our life. He's had a inroad he's not wanting to give it up that's why the mornings are so powerful when God begins to shed his light in our heart and we begin to see what's there this is where the enemies had rule and dominance and, and has tried to influence us but the Lord wants to transform us and he wants to deliver us and so we can renounce and the word renounce just means to say off we can just tell the enemy you have no more authority in this area of my life no more power to, to cause me to be jealous every time someone says this or does this and and I feel like that should be me or that should this that's so um uh, I can't describe it but uh, uh, it's so powerful when when the enemy has no more power in an area or our flesh has no more power in an area to influence us in that area we do have three enemies, the flesh, devil, and the world system, working overtime to try to influence our heart. But that's what's beautiful about the morning. As we're opening up, we can repent, we can renounce, and, and declare that thing has no more power over us. And then we can receive his love and grace and his power to overcome in that area and to see a transformative work done in that area. Think of your life, the listener, my life, your life, Rick. As God, as we just continue to meet with the Lord every day, make that our habit, make that our commitment. And he just keeps working on these areas and bringing about liberation, change, transformation, new ways to think, new ways to feel. The word of God comes alive and just, and just begins to plant new seed and how our hearts can become so tender to the voice of God and how he wants to bring about change in our life. So we can, in those moments, just to, just to, just to agree with you, we repent, we renounce, we, we say off to that thing, no more, no more influence. And we receive his grace and power. And all that's happening can all happen in a nanosecond. That can all, that doesn't have to be long and drawn out. That can just be whoop, it's done.
God does it. It's the encounter. It's the, it's the moment. But it takes the revelation of it. It takes seeing it. It takes, I guess it takes coming out from behind the bush and yeah. coming out of hiding and just letting an exposure or a vulnerability or a transparent something. These words are descriptive words of us being comfortable with God working deep in our interior and changing us. Yeah. And it's interesting. Um, you know, as we were, we were kind of, we've been kind of talking about a little bit, not directly, but just the idea of compartmentalization. Uh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes people want to compartmentalize stuff into this area or that area. And, you know, um, whether, whether it's like a pet sin, if you will, something that they're just refusing to address or, just, you know, something that they, they don't even qualify it as sin. It's just a, maybe they have a bad attitude or they have a little bit of an offense against someone. And so they let that thing simmer uh, because they think they have it safely locked away in that little area over there, um, not really realizing that it's creating a hardness of heart. And um, I've had this conversation with a ton of people, you know, like, how many hearts do you have? You know, oh, you have one heart. Okay, so... Did you know that if you harden your heart, you, you, that's the only heart you got. So the same heart that you relate to that person with that you're not interested in, in relating to anymore is the same heart that you relate to the Lord with is the same heart you relate to your parents with or your kids or, or your spouse or, you know, so if you harden your heart towards that person, you actually end up hardening your heart towards everyone. Like it's not a, you can't be selective on who the hardness of heart affects. It affects everyone because you only have that one heart. Yeah. Um, and so that would be kind of like the negative side, the negative side, the effects of not allowing the Lord into these areas to transform these areas. The positive side of this true lack of compartmentalization in your heart, the fact that you are a, an integral being where every part of you is connected to the other parts is that when God touches you in one area of your life, the effects, the effects of that touch really touch every part of your life. And, and so when he heals you and, and satisfies you and makes you complete in this one area, it, it brings completion and healing and health uh, to other parts of your life that you didn't even realize were being affected by it. Because like, I love how you were saying that about the jealousy pieces. He actually like, he didn't just solve that one little situation. He went all the way to the root and, and, and healed something and, you know, fixed something that was kind of broken in your heart. And, and the effects of that healing then go like all over your life. And, and you end up reaping the benefit, the harvest of, of, of the work that God has done to heal that particular area of your life. And so on one hand, the fact that your life is all connected to each other is a terrible thing. It's also an amazing thing in the sense of like, wow, when the healing comes, it really comes uh, to every area of my life. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I I'm thinking uh, that, we should just uh, view the mornings with such opportunity for the Lord, you know, to begin a work of transformation. I love to say, as you're describing this, the transformation is a byproduct of spending time with the Lord. Well, 
that byproduct is righteousness, peace, and joy. And it, but there's things, I just want, I guess the listener to be comfortable with the idea that we all need to change. And this process is going to be uh, ongoing for a lifetime. I think if we could just settle it today. <laughs> yeah. That this is a process. Sanctification is a process. Transformation is a process. Uh, salvation is the moment we obviously come to know him and the Holy Spirit is imparted into us by the power of God and we're, we're saved and we're, we're on our way to heaven. But there's that, that sanctification process that, of the transformation that happens over a lifetime that I just, I think I want us to get comfortable with. I don't know if I'm ever getting comfortable with it because I'll, I, usually I go in the morning and I'll start the surrender prayer and has all kinds of elements to it. And then the Lord will say, remember what you thought yesterday or remember what you said yesterday. He's never allows me to escape yesterday. Like, like if we're, if we're getting cleaned up and we're on a day-to-day -day basis with the Lord, he's usually reminding us yesterday what, you know, and so then I'm repenting, renouncing. And this whole process, if we really get repent, renounce, and receive in the right alignment, we can begin a flow into those locked up areas, those compartment areas that have been isolated and 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 kept from him where he wants to come in and be in the whole heart the, the, all the areas and believe me we're all carrying baggage if i could share with the listeners nobody's got this we 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 see the principles but he's god we're not we're all on the same playing field doesn't matter what office you hold doesn't matter what how much you, you've accomplished. How many know that sometimes uh, leaders get in, in, in powerful positions and then all of a sudden you hear this terrible thing that happened in their life. Like, how did that happen? Well, I'll tell you, I know how it happened and you know how it happened and our listeners know compartmentalization. Meaning, and I'm not judging them. I, 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 I'm, I'm, when I hear a story about someone, I just realize, oh man, uh, it, any unsurrendered area in our life will be snared. We know that. That's why the beauty of surrender is so tied to being open, is so tied to meditate the word of God, thinking and reading, is so tied to celebrating his goodness in it and worship. It's so, all these areas are so interlocked, like you said. You can't just separate them out and say, and so that's what the beauty of the morning, I think, in being open is the Lord could say, oh, you need to go ask that person's forgiveness or oh, remember what you said yesterday. And honestly, if you just blasted into the day and didn't have his love and light kind of illuminating what's going on, those things, like you said, can build. They can just build. I remember in 1985, I got offended at one person for one little thing. And by 1988, I hated them. I, I did end up confessing that that before a large group of people, because I think at that point it was so hidden the Lord wanted to kind of get it out and get it opened up. That I remember the next day after that was confessed, I remember feeling so clean, tears just came to my eyes, and and that was clear back in 1988, and was kind of the genesis for some of this stuff. 
because I was desperate to find out what was happening inside me. And believe me, I don't have it figured out, but I do have enough uh, to know that if we'll meet with him and open up, he'll do an extraordinary, I want to share with everyone listening, let's just get there, like you said, and open up our heart and see what God wants to do inside of us. And we're going to be blessed and overwhelmed and, and excited, though the process may be challenging and may even come with some sense of regret in that in that uh, idea that that we have to to open up and realize, but also we can understand the joy of God working deep inside of us and 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 seeing that thing liberated and us freed from that. So this is just an exciting topic of open. I think we're just scratching the surface, and I think if every listener could come on, they would share a testimony of how God is working deep inside their heart in this season as we're just spending time with him. Yeah, I think one thing that I just wanted to kind of, you know, put on the top of what you just said is not only is sanctification a process, um, and it can be a slow process, right? Um, But it's actually a a byproduct process. It's not. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think... um, one example I've used a lot is, you know, Galatians 5 talked, it's got the fruit of the spirit. So it's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. And, um, and, and so there, those are like really good qualities I want to see more of in my life. And, and if my life is progressing on this road of sanctification, then in theory, then those things listed in that scripture should become uh, more apparent, more obvious in my life. And, um, but if I make the mistake of pursuing love first, that I want to, I want to be more loving. And so I, it's base, it's, it's weird because it's such a small shift in the way that you're approaching it. And yet the results are like almost toxic, right? Because uh, one is when we pursue relationship with God for the sake of just knowing him, just the beauty of who he is and what he has to impart into our hearts, then we become more loving because we receive the incredible love of God. We receive pure love like the, like that can't even be described then we just naturally reflect more love out of our life because we have touched pure love, right? And so if, however, we, we keep that connection with the Lord aside and we, we pursue being more loving, then it tends to come from this self-centered, self-driven uh, thing, you know, where it's like, I'm doing it for my own purposes, for my own promotion, for my own, like you name it, it's, it's wrong. It, and actually it's, it's sick, right? Like it, it's, it's full of sickness. And so the only way we get the real, true, pure improvement and greater levels of holiness is actually by 
pursuing relationship with God. And so that's why this time alone with God period is, is the most important is the foundational thing because he is the source of all life. And so whether you think you need to be smarter, faster, more productive, more, you need more wisdom, you need whatever the thing is, whatever the thing is that you lack, that rather than pursuing after the thing that you lack, pursuing him, and not so that you can even get the thing that you lack, but so that you can get him. Because honestly, sometimes I think we, we think we need things, and so we pursue them. And, and I think at times we actually get a hold of them, only to find out, wow, I guess that wasn't the thing I needed any, you know, to begin with. I just I tricked myself into thinking that was the thing that was going to solve my problem. I mean, money is a good, you know, a good example of that. We, we think, oh man, if only I had more money, this much money, whatever, and we pursue and maybe, maybe, maybe we get lucky and we, we really hit something and we get that. And then we're like, well, actually, I don't know. I still feel kind of empty. I still feel like there's something missing. And so um, just that key thing, that key thought is that this, this, this world that unlocks, when we open our hearts before the Lord, the world that unlocks of, of sanctification and greater level of holiness and becoming more like him, the very thing that we're created to do, can actually, pursuing that can become a trap and keep us from actually pursuing him. And so that's, I think, you know, I probably said it in way more words than was necessary, but I think it's just so critical that we keep that as our focus. Like, no, don't even worry about what you will become, where you will end up, what you will look like. Just seek him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and whatever the heck else he thinks you need will be added unto you. You know, like <laughs> that's the Rick translation there. So uh, the Rick paraphrase, because um, you don't even know what you need. So if you were to add things to your life that you think you need, you would add the wrong things. Huh. Well, um, Let's uh, give me uh, give me the cherry on top of this, Mark. If you have one last thing to say, kind of in everything that we've talked about this morning, uh, in regards to openness before the Lord, uh, what would you what would you want to say to kind of cap it off? Well, one just uh, exclamation mark your thoughts that you just shared. Um, the Lord spoke to Abraham and obviously he was going to be the father of the nations and you know, the nation Israel and God was going to use him mightily. But he said, I'm your exceedingly great reward. And the reward, our reward is the Lord that that is our reward. It's our relationship. So I just put an exclamation on that. And then just to end open, I, I, I think, if we could have a heart like David saying in Psalms 139, 23, and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And I think if 
if that could be our prayer, that we would open up to the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Not that God is upset with us. He's passionate about us. He's madly in love with us. And he knows that if those things stay in there, they have a chance to harm us, hurt us, and hold us back but that his desire is to come in and bring transformation and, 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 and change to those areas. And that we should have this idea that this is a positive, not a negative. This is an opportunity uh, of a lifetime to have God involved in the deep interior of our heart. I just, one testimony, and this is the end. One gal met with the Lord for seven days, only seven days was she opening her heart up to the Lord and, her boss said, I don't know what you're doing, but your life is changing. I don't know what's happening, but something mm -hmm. is extraordinary. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, if that boss could recognize change like that in seven days, wow. then there was a work of transformation going Seriously. on in her heart. <laughs> and everything you were talking about, the fruits of the spirit, the gifts, they'll all make their way out of us. They won't yeah. be able to stay in us, but... It's, it's those things in us that we can open up to and have a comfort that the Lord is going to work deep inside of us. Awesome to be together. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark, for all those thoughts. And we'll definitely just, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Let, give people some time to think and process all the stuff that we've dropped uh, in their hearts today. And, um, and so actually just want to pray just for a minute, just for everybody listening uh, that you would receive this word today uh, with the empowering uh, touch of the Holy Spirit to help you take the next steps to come out from behind the bushes and be fully known um, by your Lord. And so, Father God, right now we just pray for every listener today. God, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. And Lord, I just pray a special Holy Spirit impartation, God, to each and every one of them. Lord, as they listen, that they would uh, receive a touch from you, God, that would propel them further into this search, God, this pursuit of you, God, because we know that in you is life, God. You have come to give us life and life to the full. We thank you for it right now. And we just bless each one of the listeners today, God, that you would help them in, in their pursuit of you, God, that they would not get sidetracked or distracted, but they would merely, Lord, just uh, keep their eyes fixed on you, the author and the finisher of their faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. And uh, we will catch you in the next episode.